guys, welcome back to another episode of the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast, where we talk about small, seemingly insignificant changes or conversations we can do or have consistently as mothers and women to ultimately create generational change. And today's episode is kind of a part two from the privilege episode that we did two weeks ago, where we talked about the 12 different types of privilege people could have. And that episode and this episode has the same end goal of awareness and really just to get your wheels turning. And I really hope it spurs on conversation either within this community or your own community. And the conversation we're going to have today is about the difference between making good choices and having good choices to make. And this topic really originated from me having conversations with you guys and my family about the choices I have made to get to where I am today. But then at the same time, through conversations like the one we're actually getting ready to have today, I've realized that yes, I have made good or even bad choices in certain areas of my life, but that doesn't mean that everyone had or has the same choices that I had to choose from. Anyways, it has been really eye-opening for me to pivot from thinking that my quote-unquote good choices have gotten me to where I am today to realizing that I actually had good options to choose from to begin with, for the most part. That doesn't mean that, you know, the road was easy for everything or there wasn't sacrifice or whatever. It just meant I had options. And I'm realizing that not everyone has the same options. And what I feel like was a good decision in my life may not have even been in someone else's playbook, period. And, you know, we all just live in our own world and only have our own experiences and perspectives. So we automatically kind of assume that every person has the same opportunities to make the same choices that we had. But you guys, that's just simply not true. I gave the example two weeks ago in that episode on privilege about a story that I've heard a million times in the foster care world. If you don't know, my husband and I are foster parents. And a lot of times uh, kids typically get pulled from homes for neglect more than any other thing that they would get pulled from. And so there are stories like, you know, there's a, mo- a single mom who is really struggling and, you know, she laid her three-year-old down in bed at night. And basically her two options were, I lay my three-year-old down and I, you know, tuck them safe into bed. And then I go and work third shift and I leave them home alone, hoping they don't get up in the middle of the night so that I can, you know, make money to pay for my rent or food or whatever it might be. Okay. But the, but the risk with that is that social services could come and you could be charged with neglect, right? Um, And get your child taken away. But the only other option that she had was to not work, right? And possibly be evicted, but then at least she would be home with her child. And just assuming, you know, that she doesn't have the choice to pay for a sitter, she may not have family in town, she doesn't really even have the option to pay, you know, $800 a month for childcare during the day, or maybe doesn't qualify for the free childcare programs that there are. And so then I've just seen, you know, we're in such a social media world, my goodness, where people just have no filter. And I've seen so many times the response or the comment of, you know, well, if you can't afford children, then don't have kids. And that is not helpful (laughs) for so many reasons. And it is why this conversation I feel like of, you know, making good choices and having good choices is so important. And so right now, you guys, I am sitting here with my mama. This is the first time that I have ever sat down in person. (laughs) I started this, I started this podcast right before COVID hit. So it's the first time I'm sitting down in person. Typically, if you have listened to this podcast, I do kind of an interview type uh, setup, and this is not going to be an interview. This is going to be 
just a conversation with her. Um, and so, you know, this is really the point of this is just to model and encourage you guys to have these kind of conversations, either within your own community, with your parents, with your siblings, with your friends, whatever it might be. So we're just going to like dive in and talk about this topic today. And so I just invite you to like grab a cup of coffee and <laughs> I will just tell you that we have two big personalities. We probably ain't always going to agree. We probably also are not going to say everything correct. So it just is what it is. We're just kind of giving you a glimpse into a window of our conversation. So without further ado, welcome mother to the podcast. <laughs> Hello, Stephanie. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we made it. Good Lord. <laughs> Um, well, like she said, I am her mama and I have, um, I am a wife, a mother, grandmother. Um, I'm a nurse, I'm a real estate, uh, person and I have made some really terrible choices in my life and some really great choices in my life. All of them, um, have culminated into who and where I am today. All of the stuff, all the good, the bad, the ugly, um, it makes you who you are. It makes all of us who we are. Um, but that's, that's where I am today. Right. <laughs> okay. And also, you know, this actually isn't the first time you're on the podcast because the other, I actually, um, put the Facebook oh. conversation <laughs> on money that we did a little bit ago, but anyways, so, okay. So this whole comment that people make of, you know, well, people need to make better choices or with what I was saying, the example I gave at the very beginning when people, when, you know, a mom that really has the two choices of like go to work and leave her kid or stay with her kid and not have money or whatever it is. Number one, when people say she needs to make better choices, not helpful. Or when they say something like, well, then don't have kids if you can't afford kids. Also not helpful um, because of so many reasons. And one of them being like people just can find themselves in situations that they really never saw coming. Right. So people make, you know, people make, every single day, how many choices do you make, Right. Um, but you make one choice and it's fine. It's fine. This is fine. We're all fine. Um, but then you make the next choice based on that choice and you're, oh, you're not quite so fine, but you're, we're fine. And then you make the next choice and the next choice and pretty soon five, six, seven choices down the road, you know, as I say, you're four wheeling in a desert. You're not on the highway anymore. You're, you're out alone. Right. Um, and, and this, these five, 10 choices down the road, this is where, you know, this little scenario that you've, you've uh, stated with this, the lady that has to make the choice between staying at home and not working or leaving her child alone. She's, you know, she's on step 15. She's made 15 bad choices. You know, this isn't choice number one. Right. So she's been in situations or had choices or didn't have choices or people or had choices things, made for her or yeah had choices made for her mm -hmm. to that now she's found herself here and that's you know it's at some point you have to start turning things around and making right choices but what does that even mean right well and I think that I like the analogy of like the highway versus the <laughs> four-wheeling in the <laughs> desert because it, it is true you know like I feel like there's been certain times in my life where I feel like I have all of the choices in the world and then right when you start to make poor choices all of a sudden it's like you go from 100 choices to 50 choices and then you make that choice and all of a sudden you go from 50 choices to 30 choices and I talk about our financial story a lot with my husband and I and you know we didn't have choices because we kept making the choice to get further and further and further into debt and so that just really minimized we thought we were 
you know, upping our lifestyle or whatever it was. But the truth was, is that like, we just were limiting our choices, um, just in general. And so I think it's hard when, you know, you end up in a situation that you really never saw coming because if you have a kid, okay. So if you have a kid, if you're in a relationship and you think everything's going to go fine until it doesn't, right? right. Like there's so many, right. <laughs> so many people who think they should, they, they saw themselves still married, not divorced and a single mom or whatever other, you know, situation that they find themselves in. And this conversation is not to excuse people from personal responsibility. This is more to point out how important stories are and proximity matters when you are stating your opinion on something or when you're just having conversations about what you think someone else should be doing with their life or what decisions they should be making just in general. Right. So, like, okay, so let's go back to um, you at the beginning of this. You were saying that you worked really hard. You made a lot of good choices. You had some good choices to make. Um, I heard uh, someone on a podcast several years ago say if working hard was, you know, what would get you super successful, then the African woman would be the richest people on the planet. Oh, and they're sure. not. Right. And why are they not? Right. Um, for many reasons. <laughs> Um, most of which probably has nothing to do with them. Right. Uh, what country do you live in? Right. What's your political situation? What's the, you know, whatever. Um, but that leads to the negative parts of culture, right? What culture are you in? Are you in, you know, a sub-Saharan African culture? Are you in an urban culture? Are you in a rural co culture? Are you, you know, whatever it is, are you a generational, generationally um, poverty or you got a, a, a millionaire mindset? Like, wh where are you? Um, because all of this, you know, the, and you you told, was it you that told me the, the, the crab scenario? Like oh, yeah. The, the yes. guy that throws the crabs in and yes. they're like, hey, hey, one of your crabs are escaping. And, he, and he's like, nah, don't worry. The other ones will pull him back down. Right. Right. Like yeah, because crab fishermen don't put bucket or don't put lids on their buckets once they catch the crabs. And yeah, there's like a, a story where the crabs are starting to crawl out of the bucket and the dude's like, what are you doing? You got to put a lid on, you know, and the fisherman, the crab fisherman, right, what? Doesn't even look back. Doesn't, yeah. He's like, well, the other ones will pull them back in the bucket. It's fine. They won't escape. And that's a really sobering reality, I feel right. like, for so many people. Well, because there's people who, people make bad choices and they find themselves in X situation in their life, Right. And then they grow, they be, get older, they have kids, whatever. And their kids try to make a different choice. But if their children could actually make that different choice, then so could they have. Right. And that, some people are like, yeah, you go. You go. Go to the moon. It's fine. Other people... Their personality is like, no, no, you're going to stay right here right. with me. And that, that is not only a culture thing, a family thing, a, a personality thing, just depends on who you're around all the time. Right. Well, and misery loves company. Like, yeah. it's just, it is. I mean, it really is that. And, and, you know, a lot of that would stem from like insecurity or whatever it would be, because there's, you know, some personal responsibility that comes with like, well, dang, if they can make a decision to change, then that means I could have made a decision to change. And I'm 50 and in this situation, you know what I mean? And yeah. they're 20. And so then it's like, if they can prove you wrong or whatever, then that could lead, you know, that's a whole 
That's a whole thing. That That's is a whole, a whole thing. <laughs> What's a whole thing? It is. Um, so <sighs> one of the things when we talk about um, people's stories, right? Mm -hmm. We hear people, we see people on the news. We read people about people on social media or, you know, whether it's celebrities or the, the poor guy down the street or whatever it is, right? And we say to ourselves, wow, that was a horrible decision. <laughs> Not a great one. <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. Right. Um, and if you've ever, if you've ever typed SMH... <laughs> probably guilty of what what I'm about to say yeah. because you have no idea now you can as an outsider looking in to this person's situation say mm, no girl I would never have done that or Ooh, mm, at least I didn't do that right <laughs> <laughs> um so so what we feel better about ourselves right well we it's a, this comparison and and but I'm gonna say that when you type SMH, that is a little bit self-righteousness, mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah. I, I, well, and you're assuming, you're you're also kind of, you're assuming what you would do in a situation. And the truth is, is that none of us freaking know what we would ever do in a situation until we're in that situation. Yeah. Like, period. Like, we're not taking into consideration other types of weaknesses that people could have. You know, it could be a mental health issue, anxiety, depression. You know, I talk about money a ton, like money blocks. And we talked about poverty a lot on episodes two or two episodes ago about relational poverty and different types of poverty. There's not just absolute poverty, which is talked about all the time. That is when like there's material poverty where you just don't have anything. There is so many different types of poverty and relational poverty, not having a support system, not having you know, whatever, people to just mentor you, breathe life into you, show you different perspectives, uh, whatever. Like when you don't have that, you literally, I mean, you could, like there could be a possibility that you have 25 choices in front of you, but you only know of three. Right. <laughs> like you only know, I only know to make this choice or this choice, you know, like, like the, the mom we were talking about at the beginning. Okay. So she, in her mind, genuinely to her core thinks, I have two choices. I either tuck my three-year-old into bed and I go to work so that we don't lose this house or, you know, our apartment or whatever it is, or I stay home and then we get evicted and then now we're homeless. You know, like, I don't, those are my two choices. In reality, she very well could have more choices. There might be a church down the block that has a support system for single mothers. There could be, you know, a nonprofit that she has no idea about. Like, there really could be more choices for her. But it doesn't freaking matter if we don't know about the choices. <laughs> like, that's also part of this. It's like, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so there's also has to be grace for that. And again, I'm not saying people can't take or doesn't need to be taking personal responsibility. Like, that's just two, it's just two different conversations. Like, if you don't know there is support down the street, then you don't know that. Right. And so it's really easy for you if you are somebody who is really connected within your community, be like, oh my gosh, there's a homeless shelter here and there's a food bank here and there's a church here that has free babysitting and, you know, all of these things. Well, you are privy to knowing that that support is there. And again, you guys, like this conversation is not to give anyone answers or whatever. It is truly just to get kind of your wheels turning. I know that, I mean, this kind of conversation my mom and I have on the phone all the time. 
And it's like, you know, where you start talking about one thing and then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait, you know, like, like we've been saying, there is a difference between having good choices and making good choices. And so, you know, just because people out there are making choices that are different than what you think you would make, I mean, it doesn't give us necessarily the right to like. <laughs> right. You, you don't know. I just, I keep coming back to that. You just don't know anybody's, you don't know anybody's story. You hardly know your whole story, your own story. Um, we definitely don't know our own. Story. <laughs> I mean, we push that crap down. <laughs> uh, right. right. Uh, so uh, when you don't know, when you're looking at someone from the outside and you're seeing choices that people made and you're judging them, um, that, that right there, I think the bigger problem isn't that this person made a good or a bad choice. It's who the heck are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, why are we even having this conversation? Like here, here's a question for you. Why do we care what choices people make? That's a question to you, Stephanie Sims. Why do we even care? Why do people in the world even care what choices people make? Well, I think that because it affects other people, okay. because we're all interconnected. So you have right now the the main topic is student loans being paid off. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so why do you care? Why I don't. Do you, I don't. I'm, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about. <laughs> but my point is, is that is that oh my god, my student loans paid off. Um, but my point is that. You know, look at the arguments online that are happening. It is, um, you know, people just put out the bait of like, do you think student loans should be paid off by the government right now? And you have half the people saying, actually, every single comment pretty much that I've seen from people who are for paying off student loans, it the conversation is not, I want my loans to be totally forgiven. It's typically, I want the interest <laughs> for like to go down to something normal, right? And then I'm fine to pay back my balance. It typically isn't this like, yes, somebody just pay for my schooling. That's not usually the conversation. However, on the flip side of that, people are like, it's not free. Like, number one, my taxes are going to pay for it. So I'm paying into your to your student loans. And that was your decision that now I'm going to have to pay for. Number two, um, I've already paid off my student loans, $50,000 worth. So like, who's going to give me $50,000? I'm not going to get that because I was, quote unquote, you know, responsible and paid off my student loans. So like you're the one that borrowed the money, so you need to pay it off. And I think that's what the mentality is. It's like, you know, as so it's money. Well, I'm just for this comp for well, the well, student right. loans. So sure. That's what I'm saying. Right. So my point is, is that when you find yourself in a conversation or, or when you have a visceral response to something that's on TV and you're thinking, oh, and that really makes you mad, whatever it is, you have to ask yourself, why do I care? Because like if the student loan question, why do I care? Why do I care if Biden pays off everybody's student loans? Well, the first thing is like, well, first of all, Biden's not paying off the student loans. Taxes are paying off the student loans. I paid those taxes. I paid, I don't want to pay your student loan. I'm right. So money. Well, then people make the argument. Oh my gosh. Well, then you care more about money than you care about. No, it's not that. Whatever. Anyway, my point is, is that money is one thing that mm-hmm. people have a visceral response about. Why do you care? Because it's going to cost me money. Mm-hmm. Bad choices cost money. Right. They cost the people money. They cost society money. 
they cost, it takes a lot of money to pay for bad choices. Right. And so money is one reason why people care. So I, I think there's other reasons why people care and why they get mad at people making bad choices on social media or on the news or whatever. And they make these horrible choices or they see these bad things happening and they're, they're angry about it. And one thing I think that they're, one reason that they get angry about is that they're judging them. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, like we said before, well, I wouldn't have made that decision. And now look where they're at. And now look their kids. You know, their kids are going to have to deal with this or their parents are going to have to deal with this and, um, or whatever it is. And so, oh, which now. is not untrue, but at the same time, it's more complex than that, which is right. the whole point of this right. whole freaking episode. And, and that's what I'm it's saying. It's just more complex. That's what I'm saying. So like when you are seeing somebody's choices played out and you have a response of anger, you need to ask yourself why you're angry. Is it because it's going to cost you something? Is it because you're you're feeling bad for their family? Is it just because you're like, SMH? Whatever it is. And here's the other thing, though, is that I think what I see a lot, and I don't know how to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say this and then, you know, we can unpack it. But I think that um, the people who were in X bad situation – and made decisions or had decisions, you know, I don't know which one it would be, to get out of said decision or said uh, circumstance or whatever. Those are the people that I feel like could be the least compassionate because they're like, listen. I did it. I, Why can't you? Right. That's yeah. in that. And, and, and part of that is true. Yeah. Again, like part of like there's a really fine line here with this conversation of enabling and ownership. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like, OK, well. I was able to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. So if I can, and I know the limited resources, help, whatever it is that I had, and I was able to quote unquote break through or whatever, then don't give me right. any excuse because you just have to find some freaking grit and do it. Right. And and I, sacrificing it, like what we're sacrificing things, whatever that looks like, because it is possible. And so those people almost have the least compassion um, maybe not for that person in that situation, but for that person to say they can't get out of that situation or at least act like it or to not get out of the situation. Right. I've said that. I, I'm going to raise my hand and say that I've said that. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily talking about <laughs> well, you, but... Well, I have. I, I've said it because I said at the beginning of this podcast that I have made some bad choices in my life and found myself in places that I should not have been, doing things I shouldn't have been doing, and I have lots of regrets to this day. Um, and my own mom and I have talked about this and she's, you know, said the same things and she wishes that she would have done more for me or whatever. But I, and I tell her, you did what you did and I did what I did. And I now have a lot of strength, right? Like I am not, I, if y'all know me, I am not a weak woman. She's an eight on the Enneagram y'all back up. <laughs> so I am not weak. Now, why is that? Uh, you know, I, had a lot of things that I had to scramble through and get through. Um, but because I did that, I, I absolutely have looked at people and thought, hmm, really? Because I was there and I was, I'm not there now. And you can, if I did it, you can do it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is that in my now 53 years old, I am learning 
that not everybody has the same personality. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has the same drive. Temperament. Temperament. Options. Choices. All the things. Visual choices. Because it looks like they're in your same situation, but they made right on the outside. You know what I mean? Like there's an iceberg kind of thing. Yeah. It's like you look, they look like they are in the same situation that you found yourself in however many years ago. But the truth is, is that there's so many other variables that may not have lined up with yours. Right. You know? Right. So I just lump them all in together and say, get up, girl. Right. And that's, that, that is a lack of love. It is a lack of empathy. It's a lack of trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, it's, it's all of that. And it's, like I said at the beginning, it is self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. I did it. You can do it too. And if you don't, well, then that's, you know, I don't even that's have to tell you. you. That's right. on you. And I don't want, don't, don't reach into my pocketbook for that. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so I think we care about the choices that people make because it costs us money, because we like to judge people, um, and and I think there's a little bit of I and I think this is why people watch Jerry Springer mm-hmm. because entertainment. <laughs> well, no, I think I think when you watch Jerry Springer, I cannot I cannot watch that for five seconds. But when people watch that, I think they think, at least my life isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And so they feel better about themselves mm-hmm. because they they relish or they revel in the fact that there are people doing worse than they are. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty darn good because I'm not that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So those are like negative things. When you look at people and you're you're you have this negative response of the choices that these people have made or they where they find themselves in life. But I will say that as I have grown and gotten older, and I there are some positive and there are, there are actual good people in the world that probably have always thought this what I'm about to say <laughs> that I'm just discovering. <laughs> There are good people. Are Not everyone really is bitter good. as crap. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, We're about to there, hear about that, but apparently. There, there, there are actual people who really love people. Yeah. They, like, look at people in their distress, and they have compassion for them. That's amazing to me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well and I love your... Um, your story of, um, oh, who was it? Whoever that girl was at church. When you realize that people actually enjoy their children. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> who knew that was a thing? <laughs> I was like, what? She was like, I, children aren't a burden? And she just looked at me and like, no, uh, no. Oh, okay. Right. So, so, right. What you were just saying is that you kind of grew up around people who looked at children as a burden, not as this like joyful, you know, whatever. And so when you um, got to a point in your life where you were around different people, literally one of the big changes was that people actually enjoyed their children and they actually delighted in their children. And that was like totally different for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, this is different. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that was it. That was a huge mindset shift, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, it was absolutely <laughs> huge. Um, but anyway, back to the people really love people and people, um, people's hearts get broken, uh, by things that break God's heart. Mm-hmm. 
And that was something that I've learned several years ago now. But just the things, when I see things on the news and when I see things and I just imagine God being so sad mm-hmm. about where this, you know, this off-roading adventure has led this family or this person or whatever. And so instead of, you know, going back to the negative stuff, this is going to cost me money, this, they shouldn't have made those choices or whatever, there, there's positive um, things that we can think. And if, if it's not your first response, it can be a learned response. Mm-hmm. I'm raising my hand because <laughs> I've learned this. Um, and it's empathy. Mm-hmm. empathy for someone else, like put yourself in someone else's shoes. But we don't want to do that because we're too busy judging them and we're too busy, you know, telling them how things should be and how we didn't do this and we didn't do that and you should do this and whatever. Who the heck are you? Right. Why are you even, who, wow, wow, no. That person has their life. You don't know them. You don't know anything about them. You don't know the choices they had. You don't know anything. But here you are sitting on your couch, eating your popcorn and saying, oh, they should have made different choices. They should have done different things. Mm." Well, it's so easy with social media. You know what I mean? Like people put so much of their life out on social media. And so then it's so easy for other people to judge that just in general. But I also think, you know, I said, I think maybe even in like the very first episode of this podcast that we are seeing more pictures of people's children and whatever, um, you know, playing in their living rooms than actual living rooms. Like we're not in people's living rooms. We're just seeing pictures of it online. Like we're not actually in community. I mean, we're one of the most connected generations, but one of the most isolated generations that there is, period, because of social media. It's like this false sense of connection. And so, you know, you see one person doing this, but then you don't really freaking know. I mean, I guess we've said that kind of a million times, but like that just keeps coming back to we all need to like check our hearts, (laughs) check like what why our first response are negative, what you are saying Mm -hmm. and the, um, you know, to have compassion, to have empathy. And I'm sure there's a million other things that we can attempt to have just in general. Yeah, there's, you know, one of the other things is um, along those same lines with positive and loving people and empathy and all that stuff is, you know, we're going back to somebody's story. You don't know somebody's story. Well, how do you get to know somebody's story? You know, how do you get to know that you volunteer at a pregnancy crisis center? You, you be a foster mom, you, you know, talk to people while you're at work. I sometimes will sit at work and everybody is on their phone. Mm -hmm. Just looking at Facebook. It used to be 20 years ago, we all would sit around the nurse's station and just talk about things, our life and what we would do and all the things. And we don't do that anymore. And so when you, when you learn about people's lives and, and, and there's the other thing, when you talk to the same people over and over again, um, and the same people have, and, and you're in an echo chamber and everybody's like, you're right, Robin. I know I'm right. You're right you're right about that. And you're right about that. And I'm like, I know I'm right. And we're all right. And we're right. Um, and then somebody else walks into the room and they're like, what? No, that's not right. Y'all are wrong. What? <laughs> so, but, but, but what do you do then? Then you're, then all, all four or five of you are like, 
okay, that person, she doesn't really know what she's talking about because she's not right. Right. We're for, we're, we're right, not and her. Who, what is right? Well, well, hold on. <laughs> but wait, so why can't we hear what she has to say? You can hear people. You don't even have to agree with them. But you have to listen to where people are coming from. This, this well, and whole... agreement, agreeing isn't even a, that's not even on the table. When you're talking about someone's perspective, no one gives a crap. Great. <laughs> if you agree with them, like, I just this want you is, to know what I think. Yeah, like, this is my perspective with the state that my mind is right now, my physical body is in right now, my season of life. Like, this is how I experienced this event, you yeah. know? And like, you could have been literally right next to me experiencing the same event in a different type of mental situation. Right. Because your emotional. experiences are different that I bring to the exact same situation. And your personality and temperament would experience any freak going through freaking McDonald's drive through different than I would. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, it's so funny. Justin, this is totally whatever. But Justin will get, you know, when he drives and someone cuts him off, he's like mad. Like, who the heck are they? For me, I'm like, oh, she's probably nine months pregnant. They're trying to get to the hospital and they don't die. <laughs> And he's like, what? And I'm like, oh, he probably just got a really bad call from somebody at the hospital. He's probably just trying to get there really, really fast to cut us off. And, you know, and he's like, that's messed up. But, <laughs> but you're like, I'm just saying like your perspectives are different. So anyways, my point, nobody's asking you to agree or disagree. Right. It's like, just be like, there's just has to be this human element of like, I respect and, um, um, what's the word? I want your ideas or your thoughts. There's Here's the term. Here's a term for you that I learned. This is probably seven or eight years ago. Intellectual humility. That doesn't mean you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that means that whatever intelligence you think you have, be humble about it because you came at that conclusion for X topic. Pick a topic. I don't care what it is. You have a thought about it. You believe whatever it is you believe about it. And there's a reason that you believe it because your mother told you or because you've had these experiences or whatever it is. And this is right. You've thought about it. You really, this would really mean something to you. You have this thought. And so every chance you get, you espouse this thought. I believe this. I believe this. I believe this. And people are like, hmm, okay. Until somebody one day says, I don't believe that. And then you can either say in your mind while they're talking, mm, you're dumb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nope. That's, mm, that's not going to be right. I'm not, I'm not going to agree with that. Or you can have intellectual humility and say, I'm going to listen to her and I don't have to agree. Right. That's I, not even on the table. It's not even on the table to agree. It is to understand. You listen to understand their viewpoint. And if nothing else, at the end of the conversation, now you at least understand why people have an alternate point of view. Because probably the point of view that you have, you think this is right. We all do. Here's a little tip. <laughs> You're not going to think something's right if you believe that it's wrong. <laughs> so here's that. Here's that. Here's so that. you really do believe it's right. right. And so you can't even believe for one second that someone would think differently because you think it's right. So when someone else does think differently, you're like, how, what? But if you can listen to them, 
hear what the difference is. Again, you don't have to agree with it. You just have to be open to now I understand where that other viewpoint is coming from. Well, and I think that the, the big and important takeaway from that exact thing is that, and with what we've been saying, relationships are so freaking important and stories matter because if you have a, let's just, I don't even know what the topic would freaking be, but if you're sitting across from somebody and you believe one thing and they are like being vulnerable enough to tell their story, tell their perspective, tell, you know, why they made X decision or how they got to where they got to. Um, and you have that really, first of all, you have to have that relationship right. for them to even be vulnerable enough to do that. Right. Um, a quote that I share all the time on my social medias is, shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So in order to be a safe spot, you have to take that agreement off the table. But point is that, you know, when you are in relationship with someone, then you have the platform to be able to say, and to even think to yourself, oh, like they thought they only, like, let's just go back to this chick that we've been talking about at the beginning who only had two choices. When really we might have known like, well, actually there is like, like I was saying, the church on the corner and this support system here and all these things, but she didn't freaking know. But if you actually got to know her and she's like, I don't know, like those are the only choices I had, you know, and you had a relationship with her, then you now have a platform to say, oh my gosh, like I can't imagine that had to have been a such a difficult decision. Like, can I, like, can I tell you about some things that I've heard of? And maybe those would be helpful for you. So then you have the opportunity to expand her choices and what a blessing that is, right? And you alone have that because you have, you are being granted access to this relationship and this platform because you're sitting down one-on-one with something. And we just don't get that when we are on social media and we don't freaking have conversations. And so I think that proximity to people will all like almost all the time breed empathy. Yeah. Right. Like there's like you, we were talking about earlier, like you're against giving a handout to someone or to the whole freaking world until it's like you're a teacher and you realize that it's your favorite student's family who you know their story. You know the mom is working hard. You know they're dealing with a grandma that is suffering with some medical stuff. Like you know that they need this support. So you're fine with it then because you know their story, you know? And so it's just, again, story, I don't know, just stories matter. And I feel like that's why. Like you have to be in relationship. You cannot sit and just make these general accusations like, well, should have made different choices, should have made better choices. Like it's just, that's, it ain't about that life. No, <laughs> I can't handle that. I can't handle this. Well, and and the thing is, the whole the whole point to I think this whole conversation that we're having here is that you know we, if you're a good person at all, <laughs> you would like to change the world for good. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? You know, how do you change the world for good? Well, there's all kinds of ways. You know, you can pick up litter. You can you know, be a congressman, you can, you know, protect puppies, I don't, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. There. How do I be a good human? How can I be a good human? <laughs> Adopt puppies and pick up litter. <laughs> right. There you go. Um, but I, I'm saying that if you can look at yourself and the way you react to things on social media, the news, whatever, if you if your first response is kind of a negative response, you can check that. If your first response is a positive response, then you can, that's great. 
then take it to the next step. Well, what can I do? And I may not have can do anything about that person. You know, the story came out of California or whatever, but I can at least have empathy for that same person in my community or when I see or if I'm walking down the street or whatever. Just open your eyes and see kind of the brokenness that God sees. And it would maybe help to not be so negative and judgmental. Right. Right. Well, I think a good question, too, to ask when you're seeing this kind of stuff is, do I know the whole story here? Yeah. And just hint, if they live in California. No. Unless you are. Hi. Hi. If you're from California. Hi. (laughs) We are not from California. (laughs) But, right, like. Can't, like before, like before you get on to make a comment, not that any of you would, I'm just saying, you know, before you get on to make a comment, like, and, and listen, this is a lot of mindset work, you guys, this is a lot of character development. This is, I just did a training. Um, I mean, it was money mindset, but the whole point was on learning how to create generational change that lasts and not, you know, none of us want to make this huge shift or change in our family just to have it die the generation after us. Like, and a lot of times that conversation is, you know, just let's go to money really quickly. Um, if you grew up in poverty, just because you found a way to, you know, get to get an education, um, get a good paying job and you, you know, make good money, that's great. But that's not necessarily generational change. That's a start of it. Sure. You know, changing your but but changing your socioeconomic status alone is not generational change that's going to last. And a lot of times people think like, oh, if I can just, you know, make it or make this much money or whatever it is, then I have changed the narrative. Lasting generational change that is going to last more than a single generation is has to do with character development and heart. Y- your heart and your values and all kinds of stuff. So it's deeper than all of that. So a question like, do I know the full story? And if not, do I have a relationship with this person to get to know the full story? Can I get curious about this in general? And not to be like nosy, but to genuinely love people. And that's how we, that's how we're going to ultimately make any kind of lasting change, right? So I don't know. I know that you had a quote from Atomic Habits um, from James Clear. I talk about this book all the freaking time. Um, but do you want to read that? Yeah. Um, so... He sent an email out, and this is from a documentary filmmaker called, or named Valerie Carr, K-A-U-R, and it was on listening. She says, deep listening is an act of surrender. We risk being changed by what we hear. When I really want to hear another person's story, I try to leave my preconceptions at the door and draw close to their telling. I am always partially listening to the thoughts in my own head when others are speaking, So I consciously quiet my thoughts and begin to listen with my senses. Empathy is cognitive and emotional. To inhabit another person's view of the world is to feel the world with them. But I also know that it's okay if I don't feel very much for them at all. I just need to feel safe enough to stay curious. The most critical part of listening is asking what is at stake for the other person. I try to understand what matters to them, not what I think matters. Sometimes I start to lose myself in their story, and as soon as I notice i fe- feeling unmoored, I try to pull myself back into my body like returning home. 
As Hannah Arndt said, one, train, one trains one's imagination to go visiting. When the story is done, we must return to our skin, our own worldview, and notice how we have been changed by our visit. That was from See No Stranger. I, that hit me. Mm. Um, one trains one's imagination to go visiting into someone else's story. Like, just go into their story. Listen to them. Imagine they, and, what you know, it would be like. Let me just say this. You don't need to fix them. It really isn't your job to fix them. Mm. And I think that sometimes we all just want to fix other people. Right. But really, just Not us. listen to All them. the women in here, we don't. That's we, the men. Right. No. no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I think that's when the story is done, we must return to our own skin, our own worldview, and notice how we have been changed by our visit. When you listen to someone's story and you hear all the stuff that they've been through, their experiences, their thoughts, all the things, and you come back and you leave, you part, you say, you know, I'll see you next week or whatever, you have been changed by that visit into their life. And that, if you allow yourself to go visit other people's stories, you can't help but grow your worldview, your ex- expanse of your imagination and all the things that, that you're not so one-sided mm-hmm. and narrow-minded and small-minded. And uh, my little view is the most important. There's a, a, a flower of different riotous flowers. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, stories and experiences that if you can let allow yourself to go into, mm-hmm. um, it can it can change the world. Well, and if you can get also, you guys who are listening to this podcast are probably all or in some way, shape, or form a mother or someone who mentors, you know, children. And so if we can get kind of primal for a second, you know, yes, there are exactly what you're saying, a million different stories, but like a mother's love for their child. Like, we all are connected through that. So when another mother is making a decision to either leave her child at home so that she can keep a roof over her child's head or staying home and possibly being open to, like we were talking about before, being evicted or, you know, whatever it might be, like, we for some reason, we'll sit there and be like, oh, I would have never made the decisions to even get myself to that decision. But can you imagine for a second, can you visit for a second and think about your babies, your baby girl, your baby boy, you know, what if, like, what if you were in her situation? What if that really was a choice that you had? What if that was really the only choices you thought that you had? In another world, in another life, in another whatever, that was your reality. Like, no, every mother is making the best choice possible for their children. Are there bad people? Sure. But let's, like, exclude that, like, you know, crazy town people. So on a primal motherly level, can we just give people the benefit of the doubt that they are making the best choices in the mental state that they are in, in the emotional state that they are in, to be the best mother, the best wife, the best friend, sister, 
daughter, whatever, that they can be in the moment. And I think that is, again, like where we just have to that's all we can reside. Do. That's where we need to be because that's that that's where we need to be. We and if in doing that you can come alongside one somebody and actually do something for them or offer them an opportunity or whatever, mm-hmm. then that's fine. That's bonus. Right. But, you know, your job is not to save the world. Uh, your job is to come alongside and love people. Right. And so if you love them by listening to them, having empathy for them, helping them in any way that you can, but first and foremost, it's to not judge them mm-hmm. and beat them down because of the poor decisions right. that they made. I loved a quote that I heard. It said, you don't give people dignity. You just affirm their dignity. Right. It's already there. And so, you know, let us cheer on our sisters across the world and in another state and then let us genuinely love and build relationship with the people who are like right next door, who we have that physical proximity with. And there is like this podcast, you know, there's I ha- there's a little more of a platform on here for me to speak life and love and whatever else. But like the truth is the most impact. I mean, I love you guys, <laughs> but the biggest impact I'm making are the, you know, is the people that are in my own home and the people who are that I'm going to coffee with and having dinner with and having face-to-face conversation, looking in people's eyeballs. (laughs) Like that is where my biggest impact is going to be. And so all I can do, and I said this in the episode two weeks ago, is, you know, you need to have a mentor from, you need to find people that are two, four, six, 10 steps ahead of you, but then you also need to look behind you and figure out who is two, four, six, 10 steps behind you. And we need to link arms. Because mothers have such a huge influence in this world, you know, with our babies and just relationally and emotionally, like women are super, super powerful. So we just need to lean into that power and I don't know, just be there for each other. And I think that, again, this is just a conversation to to have, um, to open up, I don't know, our eyes and whatever, and to realize that one thing that I always try to get back to is the root cause. So I'm not about like, like I was saying this week and two weeks ago, I'm not about just this like band-aid solution to all of these things. I'm about like understanding people's stories, getting in proximity with people, figuring out what the root cause to any issue might be. You know, mentorship, I think is a huge solution. Like if you just go back and do the like, what is it? The root analysis, cause, root cause analysis where you ask why five different times when you find a problem. And that ultimate why gives you kind of the, the root cause. Like, what is the solution to that? And a lot of times, it is mentorship. Mm-hmm. People so. have to be willing. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And mentorship takes proximity. And, to- and it's messy. Like, people are messy. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, gosh. And then they get annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, and it's humbling to know the answer for someone. Mm. Because you could. Like, you could truly know, like, yes. well... You probably need to leave that relationship. Well, you probably need to cut up your credit card. Well, you probably need to do this. But we also have to respect, like, they're not there yet. Right. Like, you've done the work to leave. You've done the work, like, with me. You know, I'm a budget coach. Like, I've done the work to get out of debt. But I wasn't always convicted to do that and make those decisions. And I wasn't in a place mentally or emotionally or whatever to make those decisions. And so when we're walking alongside someone, we have to – 
humble ourselves to figure out like we have to meet them where they are, which is exactly what Jesus did, right? right. Like he wasn't like, dude, if you could just stop being dumb and like <laughs> making dumb decisions, that would be great. No, like he literally came to where we were and then walked alongside us and then hit milestones together. And so I think that's really important to remember as you're, you know, going throughout life and dealing with people because people are messy. You're messy. Uh, I'm <laughs> <How> messy. <laughs> like, I'm <listen>. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like we're all crazy. So your babies are messy. Oh, Lordy. Anywho. Okay. So anything else? Um, that No, I think the only thing that I would like to wrap up in a bow on is just for myself. I, I like Stephanie, I'm on a quest always to um, know myself better and know the world and love people and love God. And, um, but I have learned along the way that that's, that that's work. That is work. Um, but it's good work Mm -hmm. and it, it benefits my family and it benefits society when I can, um, humble myself and open up myself and change my views because I, you know, used to think this and now I think that. So, but so, I'm just a cheerleader for um, growth, growth, self, self, self knowledge. <laughs> Learn yourself. Learn yourself. And I mean, people are watching. People are watching. Your babies are watching you. You know, your friends are watching you. Your, you know, whatever. And that's a lot of pressure and a burden and whatever else. But like, it's true. You know, yeah. like your growth. And this podcast, I talk about all the time. You know, some people look at this podcast and think, oh, this podcast is going to be like teaching me how to leave a legacy with my motherhood. And it kind of is, but it, or leave a legacy with my kids. But the truth is, is that I love your children, but really I'm here for you. Like I genuinely think that you as a mother are still kicking and breathing if you were listening to this. And so like I'm, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to me, I'm talking to you, yeah. <laughs> whoever, right? Like that when we do the work that we need to do. That is ultimately going to overflow. Our children are going to see it. They're going to experience more um, genuine change, right? They're going to see that. And then that, and then they are are just going to benefit from that, period. There's so many things that you, I talk all the time, like, there's so many things that you have done in your life that are now overflowing and you have passed the baton to me that I am now able to run with and things that you're still learning now and that you're still passing on to me, right? Like, motherhood never ends. And so, um... Don't I yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, so, you know what I mean? So it never ends. So like your job is to do the work that you need to do and your children will have the work that they need to do. But the best way that you are going to be able to love your kids, create generational change, it is a character development. It is a, an awareness and compassion for people. So thank you guys for listening to this conversation <laughs> a little We're different there. yeah a little different um setup but like I said I, I started to write this episode to do a solo one and then I just realized this really needed to be more of a conversation to bring in a different perspective because I again I, it's not only my perspective so anyways okay thanks mom for sitting down with me this late at night after I've had a cup of coffee <laughs> and I have not <laughs> <laughs> I'm like bouncing off the walls over here but thank you for having this conversation and bringing your perspective and I love that quote that you read I'm gonna need to post that on I'll post that on Instagram you guys if you aren't following me on Instagram it's at legacy through motherhood make sure you guys check out that episode that I did two weeks ago on privilege that's gonna really help just kind of 
um, I don't know, continue this conversation really. Uh, and then next week we will be talking about some parenting stuff with Rachel Bailey. She has been on the podcast once before, but that's kind of a surprise topic. So I'm excited for you guys to hear that. And I look forward to walking with you and helping you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.